us in my circle Who the one who be the snakes Who gon' fold up under pressure Who gon' understand the stakes Who gon' wait to get they food To try to take from off my plate Who the love Who gon' understand I'm hurt Who gon' love me unconditionally And try and make it work Who gon' party once I'm gonna shed a tin once I'm in dirt I ain't asking for too much I'm trying to Welcome to the next episode of Give Me My Crown Podcast. Give Me My Crown Podcast. Once again, my name is Antonio. My name's Anson. And also with us today, we got our childhood friend, uh, Damien. Damien, go ahead and introduce yourself, please. What's happening, everybody? It's Damien. This is about to be a special episode today. And so um, today we're going to get a little bit into mortgages and the, be- <laughs> the very beginning process, uh, process and steps of buying a house. Um, Damien, tell us what you do. I am a senior loan officer. Um, I assist people with buying homes, whether it's their first time buying a home or their 11th time buying a home. I help you get from point A to point B. Point A is not owning a home. Point B is owning a home. I handle everything that falls in between those two points. All right. So go ahead. So follow me between those two points, like step A, right? So what does my credit need to be to apply for a mortgage? Um, so there's several different mortgage programs. But okay. as long as you have a credit score of at least a 500, you can buy a house. 500? 500. <laughs> hey, I didn't know, know you could buy a house with a credit score that low. Yeah, man. It's just going to cost you a little bit more money down. But yeah, you can buy so when you So when you say more down, how much more we talking? Is it worth me going ahead and getting the house or is it worth me trying to work on my credit and waiting? So, or does it depend on the loan? Everybody's situation is different. You'd be shocked how many people I talk to have bad credit and make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, right? So, for somebody like that, money's no obstacle. That's true. They, yeah, that's true. So, I mean, it, it's really just a matter of, it, it's, I tell everybody, everybody's situation is different. It, it's different. So, my goal is really just to assess your situation and figure out what's best to help you get into a house. For some people, I can get them in a house in the next month. For other people, it may take me a couple months to a year to fix some things so that they can get into a house. But the first step is having a conversation with a loan officer. So what type of loans are there? Um, so there are two categories, uh, conventional loans and government loans. Okay. Government loans, um, FHA, VA, USDA. Okay. And so... Um, can you kind of explain? I know VA loan is for veterans. Um, he know all about the VA loan. I, 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 say that. I know everything. I, I know about the VA loan. <laughs> I know. So, um, we'll get you to explain the VA loan in a minute, but kind of explain the difference between FHA and USDA because um, as me being a realtor, I know there's a difference. Not everybody accepts FHA or USDA loans. So can you kind of go over what the difference is between those two, first of all, those two type of loans? Well, we'll start with the USDA loan, right? So the USDA is what I like to call a sophisticated government loan. When I say it's sophisticated, there are rules and guidelines to the USDA. Your property has to be in a certain area, uh, which is considered a rural area because USDA is for the urban rural side of development. So your, your home has to be in a certain area. You can't be in a major metropolitan city. You're trying to buy a house in a major metropolitan city, USDA is probably not going to be for you. It's for rural areas. It was originally made for, like, farmers. All right. So, so that's USDA. What about FHA? 
FHA is the everyman home, right? It's for those people who have credit challenges, maybe some financing challenges. It allows them to buy a house and not have to be subject to crazy interest rates. You're going to pay for it, but you're going to have other things in the loan, which uh, they have insurances built into the loan, Mm -hmm. which is what you're going to pay as part of doing the FHA. It's a great program. A lot of people get this this weird feeling about, oh, if I go FHA, they're not going to accept me. Most people don't want to go the FHA or most sellers don't want to go FHA because it can require them to fix things in the house. The FHA will not let you move into a house that's not move-in ready. So that really helps the buyer, not necessarily the seller. Yeah. If I'm trying to sell my house and I know it needs some work, I don't want you to buy it with the FHA because I don't want to put in the work. That's true. And from the real estate side versus the mortgage side, it's um, I guess it's not really the the work that needs to be done, but the house has to appraise. So the house has to appraise at a certain percent. Because what is FHA? What's the percentage of that that uh, that you can loan? No lender will ever lend more than whatever the value of the house is. Okay. So you go to buy a house and it's three hundred thousand. You agree to a contract for three hundred thousand, and the house comes in for two hundred and ninety-five thousand. Well, there's a five thousand dollar difference. That doesn't mean you can't get the home. What that means now is the lender is going to give you a loan for two ninety-five. That additional five thousand dollars, you and the seller got to figure that out. Are you going to pay more, or are they going to drop the price? Okay. And what about, um, cause I know there's some loans, there's some loans where you have to, where they say, all right, so this is your loan amount. You're approved for, let's say 300,000, but we need, but we'll only go 80% loan, 80% loan to value. So Loan to value is a, an entirely separate subject, right? So when it comes to getting approved for a house, the parameters of your approval are based on your loan type. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about LTV, no lender is going to tell you, oh, well, we can only do this amount. When, they, when you talk about your LTV, that's more to your credit and your debt to income. Okay. We have to, your debt to income has to be a certain ratio for us to get the home approved. So Keith, you asked, you know, what goes into buying a house? So the first step, like I said, is getting approved, getting pre-qualified. So there are three major factors that go into buying a house. The first is your credit. Credit's not end-all, be-all, but credit is a start. You got to have a a minimum credit score. This is how we figure out whether you're credit worthy to buy a house. The next and most important factor, which is going to determine your loan program, the amount of house you can buy, It's called your DTI or your debt to income. How much debt you got to the income you got coming in. So if you're trying to buy a $300,000 house, but you only make $50,000 a year, that's not necessarily out of the water. It's out of the water. But it ain't ain't smart business. It ain't smart business. That's why you need a financial code. (laughs) But when I pull your credit and the first thing I see is you got an $800 car payment, well, you can't afford a house payment. Nah. <laughs> and that's where your DTI comes into factor, right. right? And some people don't know those things and don't understand those things. First thing I tell anybody when I'm talking to them before I even pull credit, hey, what are you paying monthly on your, what do you have to pay for monthly on your credit? Oh, I got credit cards. Oh, I got student loans. Oh, I got a car note. Ah, how much is your car note? My car note's $500 a month. How much money you make a month? Well, I don't know. How don't you not know how much money you make a month? 
you get paid an hourly wage. Let's let's do some simple math. We figure out the math. Hey, based on this number, your DTI can't exceed 50 percent of your income. So if you only make three thousand dollars a month, 50 percent of that is fifteen hundred bucks. Yep. So now does does that DTI include the mortgage payment or are you um, going to DTI before the mortgage payment? I'm going to DTI before mortgage payment to kind of see if you can afford this much home. I tell my most famous thing I say to clients is you can't have a a champagne taste on a beer budget. You got to know your budget. That's that's a a good analogy right there. I like that. So, so what's, I know you said about uh, being, getting pre-qualified. What, Explain what's the difference between a pre-qualification and a pre-approval or verified approval. So pre-qualification is Keith calls me up, says, hey, Damien, look, I made X amount of dollars. I got this on my credit. Um, Pull my credit. Let's let's look at it. And, you know, I got this much money in the bank. And I put all the information in the system. And based on everything he told me, look, we can get the house done. At that point, once I pull credit, you are pre-qualified. Okay. Now, the next step after pre-qualification is pre-approval. A pre-approval is going back and verifying everything you said is correct. So now I need to look at your pay stubs to see if you're really making the amount of money you're making. Are you working, you know, 40 hours a week or are you what's called a variable income employee? You may work 35 hours one week. You may work 32 hours one week. That makes a big difference in the amount of money you got. We're going to look at your bank statements. Listen. You don't have any money saved up. There's no magical unicorn to buy a house. <laughs> it's, I, I know there are TikToks out there that say, oh, you can buy a house with this much money down or no money down. You want to talk to somebody to know the situation because that ain't for everybody. Somebody with a 500 credit score ain't buying a house with no money down. They're they going to put money down. That's a good segue. Like on the USDA or the FHA, um, how much do you have to put down for those loans? So with the USDA... You can buy a house with no money down, but also with the USDA, you got to have a minimum credit score of a 640. Okay. So yeah. USDA has a 640 minimum? Minimum credit score. Is there a limit on how much you can make for that loan? There's also a limit of okay. the, the USDA. You and anybody that's over the age of 18, all their income counts towards the house. So and what's the income cap for the USDA? Well, it, it varies based on the area. So okay. you got to look in the area to figure that out. Okay. I can tell you, I've been a mortgage loan officer for seven years. Um, I'm a licensed loan officer. I do business in 15 states, man. I can tell you on one hand how many USDA loans I've closed. Damn. And I know thousands of loan officers who have the very same story. USDA is not a very easy loan to close. Okay. And a professional loan officer is really going to steer you towards, hey, let's go this other route. Okay. Because it's, it's simpler and... It, you're more likely to get approved this route versus the USDA. Okay. So that's USDA. So FHA, what are we looking for as far as down payment, minimum credit score, things like that? Can I test this knowledge real quick? Go ahead. What's the interest rate right now for a mortgage in North Carolina? Well, it depends on how much of a house you're trying to buy, man. Okay. All right. Let's say $300,000 house. You're buying a $300,000 house, how much money are you looking to put down on the house? <laughs> let's say... Five percent. Five percent. Any idea where your credit score is? Say six hundred. Your credit scores are six hundred. I'm gonna probably try to get you to go FHA. With an FHA with current rates right now, probably looking anywhere from five point nine nine to 
Six and a half. Okay. All right. Okay. I just want to do a knowledge check right there. Let people no, you know. So he know what he's talking about. Go ahead. With that FHA loan, he said he wants to put down 5% on that $300,000 house. Is is that enough to Is 5% enough to qualify for the FHA loan? Well, it depends on his DTI. The FHA. Is, tra- it, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Traditionally with the FHA, he said, well, my credit scores are 600. Okay. As long as you have a 580. Um, depends on the company, but with the company I work with, as long as you have a 580, mm-hmm. we can do 3.5%, which is okay. the minimum for the FHA. Anything below 580 to 500, we require you to put 10% down. Okay. okay. Some companies will tell you, hey, your credit score is too low. You can't buy a house right now because it's below the 580. Some companies, they only do FHAs for, for 620. Um, okay. And so it just it really depends on the company. And it depends on the in the mortgage company themselves. Okay. So what? So we go. So we went over USDA, FHA, other government loan is the VA. Kind of go into just a little bit of what the VA loan is. The VA loan is for veterans um, because veterans have you know served our country to protect our freedom. We appreciate it. Thank we, you. We appreciate your services. <laughs> Um, we allow veterans to buy a home with zero dollars down. We will finance 100% of that loan. So for most veterans. So I got a question. Sure. Is there a loan for people who held the veterans down while they was in war? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, my boy was in war. You know, he was over there, like, real Iraqi war. I was here holding them down, you know, getting them random phone calls every now and then in the middle of the night. I'm like, hey, what's going on? You know, so I'm just saying, I held him down while he was gone. I can get a VHA loan? Nah, nah. <laughs> All right, cool. I'm just saying. You got it. One of the first things they check for a VA loan is, Antonio can verify this, one of the first things they're going to ask you for is, hey, are you currently in service or are you out of service? When people say, I'm out of service, give me your DD-214. Now, if you're not a vet, you have no idea what I just asked you for. Yep, you also got to have that, and they also make you have the certificate of eligibility. Well, or can you get that? With the DD-214, we can get the okay, certificate okay. of eligibility. See, you see, you know a lot about what he need for a VHA, that's all I'm saying, you know? So, yeah, that, that DD-214, man, that'll, that'll make or break somebody because, well, yeah, I got discharged, but it won't honorable. You ain't going to be able to oh, get no So VA. it has to be honorable discharge? Yeah. Yes. Wow, I did not know that. I thought if you served the military, if it was like dishonorable, whatever, you nah, still get it. This, you don't want a dishonorable discharge. Okay, dishonorable not. discharge is the worst you can get. <laughs> okay, right. You got general, and then you also got other than honorable, okay. which are not as bad. But if you look, anytime you fill out anything and it asks you about what was your, um, if you served in the military, it's going to ask right after that, were you honorable, honorably discharged? Okay. And if you put no, you have to explain why you oh, were you not honorably discharged. It's almost, it's almost like when you, um, when you do a background check, it asks you, have you ever been arrested? Have you ever been charged with a felony or misdemeanor? Okay. And you got to explain it's the same process. It's got to be a future podcast. Talk about that. Though. Uh, got you. Right. <laughs> so, um, so VA, you don't need money down. FHA, money down depending on credit score of how well, much. Let, let's, let's be clear. When people say money down, there are two major costs that go into buying a house. There's your down payment and then there's your closing costs. Yes. De- depending on the program... You may or may not have to pay down payment. I don't care what kind of loan you buy. You're going to have closing costs. Yes, because as a realtor, I have people coming to me all the time. I want to buy a house. I, okay, cool. Um, do you have an idea of 
of what kind of loan you're going to use. Are you a veteran? If you're a veteran, try to go, try to go VA. If not, FHA conventional. So then they say, well, VA, I don't need money down. True, you don't need money down for to get the loan, but you're going to need those costs, though. Huh? Most time, down payment is going to be more than your closing costs. That's uh, false. It depends. False. No, it, it depends. It, it, it depends. I hold on, break, break some bread. Break some because bread. if uh, it, it depends on, first of all, it depends on the price of the house. That's I know true. Damien can attest to that. Because the prices went up, man. You know, homes skyrocketed. Yeah. No. Depends on the price of the house. And also, like he said, there's some banks that will pay your closing costs for you. So if that's the case, yeah. if you're going through a bank that will pay your closing costs, then you <clears> can, at that point, um, you can at that point kind of minimize those costs. You're going to have some costs more okay. than likely, but you can minimize. And also, I know um, I know Damien can attest to this somewhat. But even though you're using the VA loan, there's no money down payment required. But if you go with a certain builder, say you're going new build, if you go with a new build, they will sometimes require a deposit. Say it could be twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollars to say, hey, we need this amount of money to start building your house. And that's separate from the actual mortgage loan. That's directly with the builder. I'm glad you brought that up. So, Damien, is it easier for you to work with new build homes or to work with a pre-existing home? Honestly, man, it's easier for me to work with a pre-existing home, and here's why. My company, we work with builders. I don't necessarily work with builders. We have a team that does that. I tell everybody, I can beat any other loan company. I I can be competitive, but I can never beat the combination of a loan company and a builder. And that's important to understand because as a builder, they may tell you, hey, I'll give you $10,000 towards your closing costs to use my, my, my company. Now that company may charge you a way higher interest rate than what I'm gonna charge. But all that's important to you right now is that $10,000. I can't compete with the $10,000 because it's coming from the builder. Okay. And the builder's only giving you that because you're using their preferred lender. Yep. And what most people do with that, because I know I did it with mine, because I even talked to Damien when I bought my house. And he said, I can get you this interest rate, and I can beat the interest rate of the builder you're going with. But what I did, I sat down. I said, well, they're offering me this much in closing costs. So I took the difference of the payment from his loan the payment from this loan, and like I said, I did have a higher interest rate, but it was the difference wasn't enough to make up the price I was, I was or the amount I was saving for those closing costs. Okay. So it would have took to to almost even out. It was like a nine year time span, and I'm like, because most people refinance. What's the average time you see people refinancing their house after after moving or after after closing? What's the average time that they refinance? You can refinance your house. Seven months from the date that you close on the house. Mm-hmm. Most people are going to refinance within the first year, year and a half. Um, just depends on if it's going to make the most sense. A year and a half seems like a long time, but when you look at the terms of refinance, if you only save yourself 30 bucks, and you say, well, how am I only going to save 30 bucks? It doesn't matter whether you're buying a house or refinancing a house. You still got closing costs, yeah. and you got to pay those closing costs. Yep. The difference is when you refinance, you just roll your closing costs into the loan. And so when people do that, it takes away from the, the grand savings at that point. So yeah. okay. Now, also explain, there's another type of refinance where you don't have closing costs. Can the streamline? Can you Stream, kinda- so streamlines are only for government loans. Mm-hmm. So if you go FHA or VA, again, after seven months, you can streamline. 
Now the rules for streamlining are again, you gotta save at least 50 bucks for the company mm -hmm. to do the streamline. The longer you wait, the more beneficial the streamline's gonna be. Yeah. But it's really one of those things that you and your loan officer are gonna sit down and talk about. Anybody that I've talked to, any, you know, when they're buying their house, I plant in their ear right then, like, hey, your, your goal right now is to buy a house. I'm not promising you that I'm going to give you this great world rate to save you all this money. But we'll go back. We'll come back and revisit that when that's the time. Right now, it's to get you into the house. And so it's just helping people understand those things. So let me ask. So, OK, so um, just to just so we're not getting too far off. I know we talked about the government loans. Can you just touch a little bit on conventional? Yeah, conventional loans are, you know, these are your people who have, you know, credit that's a 620 or better. Um, they want to go conventional, which some of your houses, they may not, they may not be the best move-in ready. They may need some interior work done, but you're willing to deal with that. You don't want to have to go through all these other things. Some people have great credit. You got an 800 credit score and you got 20% to put down. You don't need to be looking at any type of government loan unless you're a vet. Conventional loans is the way for you. That, those loans were meant for those people. It's got 20% put down, and they got top-tier credit scores. Fun fact, in the mortgage world, perfect credit is considered anything above a 740. Really? Most people do not know that. That's a good fact right there. Yeah. And I know from a mortgage side, obviously, sellers, or not from a mortgage, I'm sorry, from a real estate side, sellers like to see conventional loans. Obviously, because like he explained earlier, with a conventional loan, sometimes you can bypass. Um, sometimes you can bypass appraisal, because if they're putting down twenty percent, then say they're approved for. Let's make it easy. Say it's a million dollar home. They're putting down two hundred thousand, so they only need to finance eight hundred thousand. Okay. If they're still approved for, if they're approved for a million dollars, but they're putting down uh, eight hundred, but the house. Uh, the house goes for 950 or that house appraises for 950 if the mortgage company is only financing 800,000 the mortgage company is still financing less than what the yeah. house appraises for even though it's not necessarily what they paid yeah so what you're talking about is what's called a property inspection waiver yep. so you say you know hey Damien I'm going to buy this million dollar house and I run your information through an automated system and the automated system kicks back and says hey will accept this value. That means that they don't have to send an appraiser out. It's just a stated value. Mm -hmm. And now we're not, at the, we're not at the mercy of, well, my neighbor's house next door, same kind of house, same year built, maybe 100 square feet less than mine or 100 square feet more, and it appraised for a lot less than this million dollars. I don't got to deal with this person's same kind of troubles. Is that the same thing as buying a house as is, though? Something like Buying a house as is, so it's... When you buy a house as is, you want the appraisal to say as is. It means it doesn't need any repairs. Okay. It doesn't need any, you know, fixings, anything like that. When people say they want, they're selling you a house as is, most of those people know that there's some underlying issue that needs right. to be fixed. Yeah. yeah. And, and they don't want to deal with having to fix it. Yeah. Also from, from the more, because we saw that a lot within the past year, they're selling the house as is. Oh, yeah. And it may not necessarily mean there's something wrong with the house, but since they're, or maybe uh, when the when when it was a uh, um, when the market was real hot it was when, a seller's market. when it was a seller's market yeah. people were people were selling it as is because they don't want to deal with the hassle of fixing anything minor. 
is the market today a seller's market, a buyer's market? It's an in-between market. It, it definitely flipped from a, it's definitely not it's, a seller's market. It's not a seller's market anymore because, I mean, you, you're talking six months ago, man. People were buying houses. I mean, houses, the housing market was so, it was, inventory was low. Yes. There was not enough houses, but there were too many people qualified to buy houses. Yeah. And so people were, you know, going crazy, man. You you put your house up for sale. Let's just say you all, you say, hey, I'm going to sell this house for 300000 You get an offer that day for three twenty, twenty thousand dollars yeah. $20,000 over asking. And houses were going for houses were selling at that point for a whole lot more than what they were worth. Yes, they were. So like you may have, like you said, you may have a house listed for seven hundred thousand. Right, let's slow the conversation down a little bit. We're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. So we got to the loan part. Talk about yeah. different types of loans. Let's say I'm approved for loans. I got my down payment. What's next? So once you once you get once you get pre-qualified, you get pre-approved. Once you're pre-approved. That's like having Willy Wonka's golden ticket. Good. A pre-approval, that piece of paper that says you're pre-approved, that's as good as a loan at that point. That means somebody has verified all your assets, verified your credit, verified everything they need on your end, and you are approved for a house up to this amount. Now, as a loan officer, I kind of give some wiggle room. I know that you may want to find a house that's higher or you may find a house that's lower, but one of the biggest things that go into buying a house that people don't consider, escrows. Escrows are taxes mm-hmm. and insurance. Taxes and insurance can derail a deal. I approve you and I say, you want to buy a $300,000 house. And I say, I get you pre-approved. But I say that the taxes you're going to pay on this $300,000 house is only $50 a month. But then the taxes come back and they're $349 a month. That can blow your deal up. Okay. Because you may no longer qualify because of the taxes. So it's there are small details that go into that. So when you get a pre-approval, that means somebody has gone through, looked at all the information, and had it underwritten. Okay. An yeah. underwriter is basically someone who's above me that goes back and goes through everything with a fine tooth comb. The running joke in my the running joke in this business is an underwriter's job is to find a reason to deny the deal. Okay. And I, that's what I believe. Most underwriters, they look at it and be like, nope, nope. And I think, nope. I think that um, with a lot of people, it seems like what they do is they'll look at the cost of the, they'll almost look at it like a car payment. They'll look at the cost of the loan or how much they're financing. They'll look at the interest rate and then they'll try to get a payment from those two without factoring in insurance. Taxes, which and both of those is your escrow, and then also, um, if you're going to a certain type of loan, PMI. Can you yep. uh, explain kind of quick what PMI is? So PMI, there's, there's two mortgage insurance. Yeah, mortgage insurance. There are two types of mortgage insurance. There's PMI and MIP. If you go FHA, you have what's called MIP. That's part of buying that house through the FHA. They give you this mortgage insurance. It doesn't protect you at all. Doesn't do anything. It's a Hey, you're going to pay this because we're using this government loan and this goes into a big pot. Yeah. PMI is anytime you're putting less than 20% down, you have a mortgage insurance. So typically when you do mortgage insurance, it's seven and a half years or 90 months um, or 78% LTV is when that number will fall off. Um, your, your PMI will fall off at one of those points, whether you hit 78% or... Seven and a half years is typically how long it takes to get to 78%. Versus MIP, unless you're putting down at least 10%, your MIP will be on your loan for the life of your loan. 
Can I, if I refinance my house, do I still have PMI or do I, does that go away? Well, the, the loan, the terms of the loan have changed. If you refinance okay. your house, you may have to get a new appraisal. Okay. Um, and so now you're looking at a new LTV, um, loan to value. If your loan to value is less than 80%, no, you don't have to worry about it. So what, what type of loans have PMI or MIP? FHA has MIP. Okay. Conventional loans have PMI. Okay. What about USDA and uh, VA? USDA has no type of mortgage insurance, and VA does not have any type of mortgage okay. insurance. And I know um, also, I know there are a couple of credit unions. They will um, oh, approve you for a credit unions. They'll approve you for a loan. Do that, sometimes I'll do that. I don't know their. Um, I don't know all the ins and outs, but I know sometimes they don't charge PMI. Credit unions are able to offer you special types of programs because mm-hmm. they're considered what's called portfolio loans. These are loans that are held by the credit union. The credit union will always hold that loan. Mm-hmm. They will typically give you a loan and say, hey, you can, we'll finance a loan 100% and we won't charge you any type of mortgage insurance because this is going to be our loan. There are so many rules and guidelines behind it. I don't work for a credit union, so I don't know all the yeah. details of it, but yeah. So once... So once somebody has that pre, so once somebody calls you, hey, I'm trying to get a loan, um, or I want to buy a house, they you get all the information. You say, all right, you're pre-approved. You send them that pre-approval letter. What is the next step when they have that pre-approval letter in hand? What do they need to do from that point? Contact a realtor. <laughs> Contact a real estate. If you need agent. a real estate, North Carolina, South Carolina, shameless plug, it's on your web. Yeah, I'm a realtor here. So me and Damien, I, I have referred a lot of business to Damien and um, and vice versa. I have also, you you have to, your, how, how do I put this? Your expectations have to be in line. Like you have to have realistic expectations. Like don't have a champagne taste on beer bus. Yes, like don't, don't call and say you want a five-bedroom house with on an acre of land, moving ready, but your budget is a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> I mean, you you got that, you, you got to have realistic expectations. If that, you want that, that was a realistic house back in nineteen ninety three. Yes, I mean, and if you if that if your budget is a hundred thousand dollars, tell the realtor that your budget is a hundred thousand dollars because for one, you don't want them looking for stuff that you can't afford or showing you stuff that you can't afford because. You don't want to waste your time or theirs. And also, you don't want to miss out on anything. There's foreclosures out there. There are short sales out there that they may be able to get you within that, within that, um, those parameters. I'm glad you brought that up. Damien, you work in uh, foreclosures or you work with uh, anything else like that? No, specific. I ain't a realtor, so I don't work with anything. Okay, I, can, I, can work with, uh, I can work with getting you approved for a loan. That's right? what I'm saying. Like, yeah. well, okay. Can you? Can you get somebody approved for a home improvement loan? Yes. Okay. There, there are home improvement loans, um, Reno loans, FHA 203K loans. Oh, hold, hold up. Break them down, though. Like, you know, I'm, I'm just a consumer. <laughs> All right. So a Reno loan or a renovation loan is a conventional loan okay. that will allow you to buy a house that has the potential to be X amount of dollars with the work. And you can have some money as part of this loan to do said work. Same kind of thing for a government loan, which is called the 203K loan. Okay. Um, again, they typically will loan, if I'm not mistaken, up to 125% of the value of the home. 
Um, and is that the current value in the state it's in, or the current potential? value in the state? The current value in the state is in. So basically, somebody will go out and do and say, "Hey, when you get an appraisal, there's what they have: the actual value and the cost approach. Mm-hmm. The cost approach is, hey, if you do X, Y, and Z, then this house will actually be worth this much money. Yep. Um, and so that's what the number that they'll use, um, and they'll loan you, like I said, up to 125 percent of the value. And yeah, there there are programs out there for you. Again, you got a 500 credit score. That ain't what you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. I got to be very clear on that. Stop getting on people 500 credit scores. <laughs> hey, man, listen. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be completely fair. Like I said, I've been doing this for seven years. The first, conversation, the first part of my conversation is real, real with everybody. It's like, hey, man, what's your goals? Where are you at? It, before buying a house, there's some research you can do yourself. You can know how much money you got saved up. You can know kind of how much money you want to spend on a house. The worst thing you can call somebody like myself and say is, hey, I want to buy a house and I don't know what, how much house I want to buy. Because when I look at your stuff, I'm just looking at everything on a piece of paper. Yeah. I don't know about, I, I can tell you based on what your credit, based on your credit and the amount of money you make, you may qualify for a $2,000 house. Now, you may know that you can't afford a $2,000 house. But I don't know that. You know that. So you need to be able to tell me, be like, hey, Damien, look, I really don't want to spend more than like 1300 bucks a month on a house. All right, well, now we have a real conversation. How much money are you looking to put down on this house? Well, I got $20,000 to put down. All right, we're cooking with grease. But if you call me and say, well, I don't know, well, I'm going to show you what the math say. Based on what the math say, man, you can afford this amount of house. I get repo. And that, that, that's where you're at. <laughs> That's where you cut where it comes in. You need a financial coach, and like, like yo, they they told me I can afford twenty three hundred dollars a month. I'm like, nah, let's look at your finances. You can afford sixteen hundred dollars a month. Yeah, two thousand twenty three hundred. Twenty three hundred. You be like, you be living somewhere else. Twenty three hundred. Some going away. Car, house. You losing one of them. Like, pick your poison. So yeah, I mean, the, the first thing is, man, I encourage everybody to kind of look at your credit. You know, they got the My Annual Credit Report. I'm a big proponent of Wallet Hub and, and Credit Karma. Like, Wallet Hub and Credit Karma are not, by any stretch of the imagination, ideal. They're not, they're not going to give you your scores. What they're going to give you is what's showing up on your credit. Hey, I got this K Jewelers account from when I was in high school that's still reporting on my, on my credit. Well, now you know you need to go fix that. And then you can have somebody like me talk to you about, hey, these are some things you can clear up. This is what we can do to get your credit score up. You can always improve your credit score. We can fix credit. Is Experian good to use? Experian is good. If you go to Experian, TransUnion, Equifax, those are the three major credit bureaus. Okay. Those are where you want to get those scores. But your score is not the end-all, be-all. What you want to really look at is what kind of debts you got. I tell everybody, man, there's really no reason to have a whole bunch of crazy debts like maybe two to three credit cards, Maybe a car, maybe two cars, depending on you and your financial situation. That's understandable. If you got a whole bunch of credit cards, a whole bunch of medical collections and stuff like that, you need to clean some of that stuff up, condense it. Because you try to buy a house, the first thing I'm going to do with a fine tooth comb be like, well, explain this, explain that. What happened here? Why did this happen? Oh, you had a repoed car six years ago? Yeah, well, that's six years ago. Yeah, I don't care. You need to fix this. And you also... You want to be 100% honest. Like, you want to let them know your situation because the worst thing is, is if you get 
say you get pre-approved off some information, but then the underwriter comes back and says, whoa, hold on. Like some ain't right, but but say you got the pre-approval and yeah. you go put a de- and because when you go put a um, offer in on the house, all they want is a pre-approval. Yeah. So you get the pre-approval and you go put the offer in on the house. They accept your offer and now say you're paying due diligence. Now due diligence is money you're not getting back. Yeah. So you put down that due diligence and the underwriter comes back like, hold on, you didn't tell us or we found this or you didn't tell us about that. Can because I know there's there are certain situations where you can get you can get a pre-approved you or you get pre-approved before it goes to underwriting, correct? Yeah. So when you a pre-approval is is words to know, and some some loan officers it's not right, but some loan officers will get you pre-qualified and say, "Well, I got you pre-approved." Yeah. And if you don't know the difference, you go out and you submit an offer, and it hasn't been underwritten. I do what's we, my company. We do what's called a fully underwritten pre-approval. Meaning, if you send me, we collect all your docs. I'm not giving you a pre-approval that same day. It's going to take probably 72 hours. I'm going to have an underwriter go through with a fine-tooth comb and address everything. So, during this hour-long conversation we had, and I'm asking you about these repo cars, these medical collections, having you show me proof that you've paid these things off. I know it seems like a lot of work, but once I give you that letter. It was all worth it. So and, pre-approval, right? Yeah. What's a verified approval? What's that like? So it, it won't be. Some people will say verified pre-approval, but what you want to see is that it's been fully underwritten. Okay. The key word is underwritten. That means an underwriter has looked at it and an underwriter has signed off on it. And that that is important when you approach a realtor to put an offer in on the house because first of all they want to make sure you're serious, and second of all they want to make sure. Um, a realtor's job is obviously to help you buy a house, yeah. but they also don't want to put you in a situation that, that is going to come back to hurt you in the long run. Yeah. So I tell all my clients, man, when they ask, hey, do I need a real estate agent? Is a real estate agent good to have? I tell everybody, look, you can, you can go negotiate the house by yourself, but a real estate agent is much like a lawyer. And they say, well, what do you mean? And I say, hey, man, if you was on trial for murder, would you go defend yourself? Well, of course not, Damien. I said, all right, then. then you want to get a real estate agent. You want somebody that's experienced, that knows what they're doing, that's going to have your best interest at heart. Yes, and I will tell you. I, I can attest to it. <laughs> looking, looking for a home, this man fought for me. Upstairs floor was a little too weak. And I was like, that's weak. I'm a big dude. He was like, yeah, we got to get these boys fixed. We gotta get these boards fixed. I was like, dang, you know. Yeah, and you do. You like I said, like he said, you want a real estate agent because um, there is a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes yeah. that is not seen by the consumer. Because I mean, me and Anson are boys, so anytime I was doing something, I was hitting him up like, "Yo, I'm doing this. I'm doing it." I was calling him all hours of the night. Yo, I'm doing this. I'm doing this, and. He hit me. I know one day he said, "Dang, is that much work into it?" Yep. And I'm like, "All like it's it's a constantly revolving door, and having a real estate agent takes all of that off your plate and puts it on the on the plate of the real estate agent. So the real estate agent says, "All right, I'm doing this, 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 and this." And all you know, a week has gone by, and the real estate agent call you call the real estate agent. Hey, what's going on? None, everything's good. We're 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 ready to close. I got tired of you calling me though. <laughs> like, bro, you got to tell me everything that's going on. <laughs> And I will say one of the 
one of the worst things as a real estate agent. <laughs> and Damien can attest to this. <laughs> if we're out searching for a house, you already got pre-approved, underwritten everything. Do not show up to the final inspection in a brand new Benz. Rip. <laughs> Do, explain uh, explain uh, why. So, explain why. And again, I know why, but explain. All right. So I tell everybody, man, we go back to this conversation about your debt to income. So your DTI is based on, hey, we verify these things on your credit. But part of these conversations, because what you don't know that I know, if you go buy a new car, it don't show up on your credit for, for, for the first 60 days. So when I'm asking, hey, do you got a car payment? Oh, no. Have you recently bought a car? Oh, yeah, I bought a car. All right, how much is the car payment? Oh, my car payment is 600 bucks. Now, I've already factored this in. If you never told your loan officer that, you going to buy a house. Mortgage companies do what's called a, a wellness check. They look at your credit. They do, a, they, you know, they do a credit refresher, right, the week before you close. Yep. And if they find that stuff and your home does not pass, you can't no longer be approved, you will be denied. And the worst thing in the world is to go through this entire process, put money down as due diligence and earnest money, and then be denied because of your credit because you didn't disclose some information up front, that's going to be heartbreaking. So what you're saying is wait until after you buy the house and then buy the car. Yeah, man, listen, I, I tell my clients all the time, man, hey, all right, once you get ready to start this mortgage process, don't do nothing with your credit. Don't do nothing. Don't sneeze. Don't breathe. Don't look at credit. <laughs> Family member says, oh, I wrecked my car. I need you to co-sign for me. Hey, baby girl, take an Uber until I buy this house, Till I sign on the dotted line. Because co-signing, that's, that's the most common effect. People go and they co-sign for their peoples. And, oh, well, it's not my car. It's their car. No, your it's your car. That's your car. <laughs> All right. So, Damien, I know today we kind of scratched the surface. I know there is tons of more we can get into. So we're definitely going to have to get you back on here for another episode. One question, though. One question. What it was, I said we was going to get back to it. No, we're running short on time, but let's get to it real quick. Damien, when you see the housing market and mortgages in another year? The market's flipping back, man. It's... Um it's, it's going to be good. It's, the rates are starting to go back down. I tell everybody, man, there's no time like the present to buy a house. So there's no point in waiting because you know what? No, go ahead. Go ahead. You know the great thing about rent? Rent is 100% interest. You ain't getting nothing and back from what you rent. steadily going up, too. And rent is steadily going That's up. right. And why is now the perfect time to buy a house? Because... Um, obviously let the people know what you can always do. You can always refinance. You yes. want to buy a house where the rate's high. Like, I got people that have bought houses in the last three months. That's six months from now, oh, I'm going to be licking my chops to call them. Hey, man, let's get you out this 7%. We can drive it down to five. <laughs> so I know over the past couple of months, interest rates have skyrocketed. So are you, if... Obviously, we don't we don't know for sure what interest rates will do over the next year or so. But if interest rates start to creep down, are you prepared and ready to? Because um, I know if people start seeing interest rates drop below five four percent, you're going to get an influx of business from people trying to refinance. Are are you prepared? Is your company prepared 
to handle the amount of refinances that will come in? So my company has been around since 2008, which is very important to know because in 2008, what a lot of people don't know is when the market crashed. Yep. A lot of companies yep. went out of business. When, when rates started going up, you know, a lot of companies that went out of business, my company's been around. We're always prepared. We do business in 48 out of 50 states, and we got thousands of loan officers. So, yeah, we're prepared to do it. And to get in contact, with, if, if you're looking to buy a house, if you're looking to refinance a house, get in contact with me or Damien or vice versa, and we'll get you in contact with the other. You get in contact with me before I say, hey, let's buy the house. Hey, let's get you pre-approved first. You get in contact with Damien. He'll say, let's get you pre-approved. Then I hook you up with my boy who can help you go find the house. That's yeah. right. You, you always want to, as a loan officer, loan officers and real estate agents, they work, they work hand in hand, man. We're like peanut butter and jelly. We just go well together. We both need each other. You need so. best control, too. Don't, don't, don't leave me out. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, so. You need, a, you need a pest control inspection. <laughs> Give us a phone call. You know, Graham's exterminate. We that. You always want you, you always want pest control. You move into these new houses. Spiders. Spiders, ants. ants because, obviously, you're, you're disturbing their land. Yep. So they're coming back. So, and like Damien said, you always want that. You always want a good working relationship because y'all work hand in hand with one another. The... The realtor needs the loan officer because they have they have to get the pre-approval for the person who actually buy the house. And then you want that good relationship because you want to know, hey, um, hey, they they got their pre. I know you. I know I seen the pre-approval. They're pre-approved for three hundred thousand. Um, they see a house that's three thirty. Do they are they are they able to go up to that amount? in your opinion, or do they need to stay where they are? Because that's important because you want to know what they can afford because you don't want to offer something that they can't afford and in the long and in the long run, like I said, yeah, they can't make the payment. Yeah, that's a that's a working relationship because I've had a conversation with you about your budget and your real estate agent who may not know your budget is, you know, hey, well I see this house. You want two people that can work together and have yes. those conversations. Another thing about a good loan officer they're not only going to talk to your real estate agent. You be, you guys would be shocked how many deals I've gotten closed because I've called the seller's agent. Hey, listen, I got somebody that's interested in buying this house. They're qualified for up to this amount, but they may need a little help with closing. Now, I'm not asking you to pay a lot, but are your sellers willing to cover some of the closing costs? Well, yeah, we can cover up to three grand. All right, cool. We'll work something up. And then I call the listing. I call the the buyer's agent and say, Hey, look. They said they'll they'll give us twenty five hundred. Now you've gone in and, and you know now you got a house based on some back channel work between the loan officer, the listing agent, and the selling agent. Like at the end of the day, everyone gets paid once you get into a house. So everybody's going to work together to get you into the house. But you want people that are going to be willing to work together but you, and are professional. Using keywords, you said a good loan officer, right? I'm never going to expect my loan officer or my real estate agent to know my personal budget. If I expect you to know my budget. I'm shooting myself in the foot, though, Damien. Well, so I got to know, like he said, if I can afford $1,300 in a mortgage, I got to know that. Well, one of the things is, like I said, and when you talk about budget, a good loan officer, like, people, this isn't a quick call, like, hey, what's the interest rates? Because that's what a lot of people call. Hey, I want to know what the interest rates are. And just like I told you. Yeah. How much of a house you trying to buy? What's your credit score? How much money are you looking to put down? Like, those are important to know what your interest rate is going to be. 
to budget, man, you know, you want somebody that's going to sit down with you and talk you through like, hey, man, I see that you paying, you know, this two hundred dollars every month. What's this going to? Oh, well, I pay child support. Yeah. Why you didn't say you had child support? Yeah. Well, it was not yeah. court ordered. And but I, that's kind of a budget that I need to understand. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you want a because me as a realtor, I don't care if if you come to me and say my budget or I got pre-approved a pre-approved for six hundred thousand dollar house. Um, that's a conversation we can have. I'm say, are, are, do you want to go up to six hundred thousand or do you or what do you want to stay around? I know you're approved for six hundred thousand based on um, your interest rates and stuff through the bank. Yeah. What do you want your payment to be around? Because if you're pre-approved for six hundred thousand, but you don't want a six hundred thousand dollar payment, you want a four hundred and fifty thousand dollar payment. Instead of looking at six hundred thousand dollar houses, we need to back it down and look at four hundred and fifty thousand dollar houses. Just because I'm your realtor, my job is to find you the perfect house. My job is not to find you the highest cost house. Gotcha. My yep. job is to is to work with you and build a relationship with you in order to help to find the right house that's going to work for you. Because, like I said, my job is to not make, is to not put you in the, in the priciest houses as possible. My job is to continue to build a working relationship because I want, when, when, you sit, when your cousin comes to you and says, I'm looking for a house, you know a realtor, oh, yeah, go hit my boy Antonio up because he really helped me out. Yep. And same, same goes with Damien. He's going to... He's going to tell you, this is what you can afford, but based on everything we're looking at, you might want to stay around this amount for your payments. Yeah. Y'all feel like we gave the people too much information? No, I, I think we just scratched the surface. You just scratched the surface? I love, I love it. It's a lot of information that goes into buying a house. It's a lot of details. It's a lot of steps. But, I mean, you just need some people that will walk you through and talk you through it and people that are going to have patience. Yeah, we got patience, nothing but time. Patience is key. And... We, um, we want to thank you all for tuning in. If you all have any questions, please put them in the comments. Please, please contact us. Um, give me my crown, LLC at gmail.com. And um, if you have any questions, you need a loan officer, you need a real estate agent, you need pest control, hit us up. We got you covered. Hold on. What we got to do first, though? Oh, you know, this is, more, this is more than a podcast. We handing out crowns. So we got to give my boy Damien his crown. All the information he just dropped, and he will have him back future episodes to drop more information. Yeah, so like we said, it's more than a podcast. We handing out crowns. Hand them out. Yes, sir. Who the realest in my circle? Who the one who be the snakes? Who gon' fold up under pressure? Who gon' understand the stakes? Who gon' wait to get they food to try to take from off my plate? Who the love? Who gon' understand I'm hurt? Who gon' love me unconditionally and try to make it work? Who gon' party once I'm gone and shed a tin once I'm in dirt? I ain't asking for too much, I'm trying to understand.